0: Hey, everybody. It's Chris Riley. Welcome back to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach. We're talking with three ices, EJ Johnston. You know, you've, you've talked about the type of player you're looking at. You're trying to figure this out a little bit. Um, what do you what do you think you're going to be able to do? Like, is a goalie going to be able to jump in on this and make like long passes to guys? I mean, are you know, our coaching strategy is going to be very different? Like, you know, it's you're going to be you have three guys out there. And you got to be picky and, and choose and make sure you don't tire guys out. Cause there's only one guy to replace them. You know what I mean? This is not like you have four lines. You only have one guy to come over the boards to help you come back onto the ice. So you're going to have to be kind of cautious. Plus you're going to play. And I've, I read an eight minute period. There's going to be two eight minute periods. So a coach right. is going to have to really, really be careful on how they utilize their players out there.
1: You know, it's interesting. I think the opposite is going to actually be true. I think they're going to throw caution to the wind. So one Goalies can play the puck anywhere. The trapezoid behind the net, we use it for one reason and one reason only. So, so a skater can't go back there and make a guy chase him and then create an odd man rush. It's like a, it's like in basketball. You can only be in there for about five to 10 seconds. Any longer than that, delay a game, we'll call a penalty on you. Um, but we think there'll be some interesting strategies to develop. The the, the goaltenders will absolutely be firing long distance pucks. I, I think 50 to 100 foot passes is going to be regular for those guys. Guys that can play the puck are important. But I think coaches will have Strategies that develop. I have no idea what those will be, but they'll definitely have to throw caution to the wind in the sense that we've got a a six bracket, a 16 bracket style tournament opening round of three games. Those three winners advance, plus the losing team that scores the most goals becomes that fourth team in the two semifinals and then the championship game. So if you get beat, you've only played 16 minutes of hockey. And if you've got six skaters, they're really only played eight minutes, so they'll be fresh. So they got to leave everything out on the ice. So I don't think they're going to be a lot, you know, to use a phrase from golf, they're not going to leave a lot in the bag. They are going to go full bore and try and get as many goals as possible, which is what we want. We've built a system to incentivize that. And I'm curious to see what, uh, what strategies develop sitting on the puck, waiting for, you know, plays to develop. I I don't think that's going to happen. You see guys leaving the zone quite a bit in in the NHL overtime format or the all-star game format. I think they're going to be just putting their foot on the gas the entire time because goals matter. Goal differential is going to matter. And how many goals you score, especially if you're that losing team in the first round to, to get into the second round. So there's – I think they're going to throw caution to the wind. I
0: really do. So in every city – are going to go to about nine cities throughout North America to play. How many games will each team play in each city? Yeah.
1: So. With the bracket-style tournament, you've got six games total available for the evening. It all takes place over the course of about three hours. Because our games are two eight-minute halves of running clock, a game's just 16 minutes. You scrape the ice in between, so the whole evening is three hours. So three opening round games, two semifinals, and a championship gives you six games times eight weeks or eight Saturdays. That's our regular season. That's 48 games total. Then the top four teams, based on a point system, We'll come to our championships. That'll be in Vegas. And we'll have two semifinals, consolation game, and a championship game. So we're going to have 52 games total over the whole season. So depending on how well you perform, you could only play eight games all season, get eliminated. Or you could be the team that wins three games a night and plays, you know, three times eight, 24 games plus the championship games. You could play as many as 26 games in in a season. Um, But it's going to move fast. And uh, yeah, we're excited to see how it shakes out. The point system will be, if you win a game in the first round, you get one point. If you win a game in the second round, you get two more points. If you win a game in the third round, you get three more points. You could pick up six points that night. One of the things we like about that is it gives you standings volatility. If you're the fourth, fifth, sixth place team and you need to get into that uh, playoff spot and you beat the first place team in week seven or week eight, you're going to jump up a lot of points because you can skunk them in the first round, pick up six points that night and make a huge leapfrog. So, uh, we think that the, the standings volatility is a nice thing with that point system.
0: Oh, it's going to be awesome. I just, just thinking in the back of my mind, as you were describing it, I mean, you could be one week down the next week, you could be up, you know, you could just, it could change, your fortunes can change. So the battling is going to be awesome. How do the coaches practice for something like this? I mean, you're going to have practices for these guys. You're going to have a training camp where, you know, like you got Grant Fuhrer, you've got John LeClair, you've got Brian Trache as coaches, Guy Carboneau. How are they going to, how are they going to like practice for this? I mean, this is good. Yeah. Is yeah. Going
1: to so we're, we're having a full blown tryout camp in camp in Las Vegas this April. So we're bringing as many of these players as we can because of COVID, some are still going to be stuck overseas or, or playing uh, in their leagues, but uh, we're going to have about 50 75 players and this will be a three day sort of summit. And they'll get to take a look at these players. We'll have simulated tour stops for making sure that our TV looks good. And, and we hit all those story beats, if you will. Um, but it'll be a full-blown evaluation period. And then at the end of that, there'll be a draft and those guys will build their teams. And then in the season, uh, you know, they'll be talking intra week, Monday through Friday, the time, the the player's time is their own, but we fly them out on a Friday afternoon. They'll have a strategy session that night as a sort of a team dinner with the whole league and break up into uh, coaches and and their teams. But then the next day uh, we'll get on this, the ice for real practices, nothing too heavy about 20 to 25 minutes to run through their drills, run through their breakouts and all the coaches, uh, elements and tactics that they want to hit. They'll take their afternoon nap. We'll drop the puck at three in the afternoon. The broadcast will roll. will be done at six, and uh, then they'll go out and have some fun. But um, Sunday morning we fly them home. So Saturday morning is the skating time. Friday night is the strategy time, and then the afternoon the games play. So you know, be prepared and be fit, and uh, make sure you're
0: you're you're doing what the coaches ask uh, on your strategy sessions. So you're gonna go to all these different cities. How do you think that's gonna help the growth of hockey by going to different cities? Yeah, look,
1: I think the touring model is really interesting. Uh, We're hitting hockey cities in our first market that we think are really great. Grand Rapids, Hershey, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Quebec City, London, Ontario, Vegas twice to start and finish. Um, You know, we think we've got some great, great markets that are really good hockey markets. But for us, I think as we expand, as our brand grows, uh, there's going to be demand to take this to places that don't necessarily have big time hockey. Um, you know, could we go into you know the Saskatchewan uh, and the Saskatoon's and to the North Dakotas, uh, taking this into those secondary markets that really show or demonstrate that they want our product? Uh, that'll be a very interesting exercise in our second season this year. We made sure we drilled down on really great hockey cities. We're excited about all of them. Uh, I think we might sell out in Quebec City. We might sell out in uh, London, Ontario, and, and Hershey. Um, but uh, you know, we'll we'll figure out what markets we want to take it to as we expand. Uh, to eight teams in our second year and potentially even more weeks uh, of the season so we could add more tour stops. Um, we're excited to see what what markets really sort of clamor and uh, raise their hand and, and want us to be, to be there.
0: Ticket prices are going to be family-friendly?
1: They are. So we'll be on the low end, probably around $25 to $30, on the high end about 45 or so. We should be coming in right around $35, $36, $37. Um, we might have a few VIP premium experiences, but yeah, you could take a family of four uh, for a very affordable number, I mean, you know, going to the movies now is $18, $19 uh, for a ticket. So we're, we're pretty competitive, um, but we think we're a high-end uh, professional product. And we know that we'll have a great experience in the arenas. And we know that'll translate really well on television. We're going to have a cameraman on the ice. We're going to have virtual dasher boards uh, showcasing, you know, goals and information for the next week. Um, but we've got a really interesting broadcast that we're building. Uh, We've got some great talent. I'm not going to reveal them just yet. We're going to have a press release coming out. Our on-air announcers are top of the line. Uh, You could probably guess who they are, um, you know, being where I'm from, but uh, we'll we'll reserve (laughs) We we won't share that just yet, Um, but the broadcast will be world-class. The experience will be world-class. We've got best of breed people all behind the scenes making this happen. It's going to be a really fun evening. And uh, yeah, the price point should be uh, a great price point for anybody
0: that wants to join us. So you're gonna have gambling, I gather. You're gonna have people being able to bet on stuff for this because that's becoming very popular. And I know you've made some partnerships with some gambling entities. Um, are you gonna be able to gamble in the arena itself, like off of your phone and all that? It's gonna be very interactive. Yeah. So you know, again, we think we're built for for this
1: machine. Um, for us. The states, obviously, the regulatory issues will dictate a lot of that. But in many places, um, you can do mobile betting. And we think by the time we drop the puck in June, even more will come online. Uh, You'll probably end up in the states with about 40 to 45 states that will be full blown at some point within the next 12 to 18 months. So the plan is absolutely you should be able to be in the stands or at home watching the game, doing pregame betting or even real time betting. One of the things that we like about our game is there's no penalties. So if you, uh, excuse me, there's no power plays. If you commit a penalty, we're going to go straight to a penalty shot. So that's a great opportunity to bet on that uh, opportunity. You know, six games, 12 periods, uh, a lot of opportunity to see who's going to score the first goal, who's going to win over unders, all that stuff. We've got our betting partners in place from a, a infrastructure standpoint to collect all that data, make it palatable for all the sports books out there. Uh, we'll need about a year to get some historical data. So we know what you know, prop bets will look like and over unders would look like, but that's absolutely part of the equation. Um, we've got one partner in place now in Canada, uh, Bit Casino, and uh, they're an online cryptocurrency. Um, so they're not necessarily a sports book, a uh, different category, actually, but uh, that space is really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, we think the interactivity, picking the three stars of the night, picking the seating for the championships uh, for our ninth week, that's something that we want the fans to do. And eventually we'll have them helping pick our cities, design our uniforms. Picking theme music for the, the the teams when they come out, all that interactivity to have the fans touch our game in, in very different ways. Um, I, I'd like to actually throw up on the screen and on, on the app. You know, do you think that was a goal that the the, the referees are reviewing at this point? See if what their votes are and actually get that in real time. Uh, the refs will ultimately decide it, but it'll be an interesting thing to see what the fans uh, would land on that. That's that's the kind of thing that the new technology is allowing us to do in real time, and we'll be
0: there. I was going to ask you quickly, though, how many refs are going to be on the ice to monitor all this? Yeah,
1: so we only got two.
0: You know, we think that because the game is so fast and there's not, you know, that many bodies
1: out there, basically they will be linesmen slash referees. So you have two in, in, in our vision. They'll kind of go from one half of the ice to the goal and the other half of the ice to the goal and kind of just moving like this. Um, you know, for us, one of the things that I was really adamant about when we started this thing is no instant replay for the offsides call. I think it's one of the worst things in sports. Uh, soccer offsides, the, the VAR is a huge pain. And the, the blue line review of offsides, just not something we're going to be doing. So we're going to let them call it in real time. The only thing we're going to review is whether a goal was in or out. Um, but yeah, two referees, they'll be working hard. We're going to rotate, I think, three or four in a night to keep them fresh. Uh, but it should be, uh, should be pretty great. We've got some excellent veterans that are overseeing our officiating. And we're going to be hiring all of those refs very soon.
0: So are you going to be able to have offsides at all? I mean, is there going to be? Are you going to play blue lines, or is just going to be a yeah. center red line? No, blue line. You know, we want to keep it as similar to the
1: the game that you're seeing now. Uh, really, for us, some of the, the, the change innovations and the rules will be um, the goalies can play the puck anywhere. Uh, the clock doesn't the clock doesn't stop. You can uh, take the puck out of the net. The ref will count to ten. You'll clear clear the zone, and then boom, we restart. If it hits the netting above the glass. We'll actually, and if it comes back in clean, we'll play that cleanly. Uh, the power plays, we're not doing four on three. We're going straight to penalty shots. So we stop the clock only for injuries and penalty shots. Um, and we want to keep the game moving pretty quickly. So regular offsides, no instant replay on that. And uh, we'll just keep the game moving really, really fast. Uh, I think it's going to be like a rugby sevens tournament just coming at you period after period. Just more and more hockey coming at you. So we, we love the format that we've developed.
0: You've signed deals with CBS Sports Network, the cable arm. You've also got ESPN Plus International on board. Um, Are the people at home going to be able to interact with the the game as it's going on through, like, you know, Internet, computer, you know, cell phone device? You know, those people, they're going to be able to interact like the fan is in the the stands at the game. Yeah. So our
1: goal is to create the the closest experience we can get being in the arena. Obviously the arena is the best version of that, but the ability to sort of vote on things like goal of the night, save of the night, the three stars of the night, all that stuff will be able to take place on this. But yeah, we've got great broadcast partners that'll carry us around the planet. We'll be in 187 countries. So ESPN international uh, has us on, I think 185 countries. And then you've got TSN and RDS in Canada for both English and French language. And then here in the States, we're on CBS uh, sports network for a regular season. And then the championships will be on CBS proper. So 120 million households will be uh, potentially able to watch our, our championships on CBS. We're excited about that.
0: XFL so much came out of the XFL, the Mm on-field camera, like you're going to have the on ice camera. Um, Do you think the NHL American hockey league, East coast league will watch this to see how it goes. And do you think they'll sit there and say, huh, I never thought of that. Or, you know what, maybe we should try this or maybe we should look at this because look what they're doing with the three ice program.
1: hundred uh, percent. We'll be too big. I mean, we're we're a global brand. We're, we're going to be the biggest hockey league besides the NHL from a broadcast footprint standpoint from day one. So uh, the world will be paying attention to us. I think they're rooting for us. We've had conversations with most of those people and, uh, and they're rooting for us. You know, people in the hockey world want more hockey. They think it's a good thing. We're additive, not competitive. Um, and yes, I, I think they'll be borrowing things. The XFL had some great innovations, you know, 20 years ago, uh, that, that camera you're talking about, the Skycam, I think was the, uh, uh, in the XFL sure. as well, the on-field and the Skycam, two things that came out of their broadcast. It's actually another Pittsburgh guy, guy I went to high school with uh, is heavily involved in the XFL. So it's kind of, uh, we have conversations behind the scenes about that. Right. So I, I, I think, yeah, it, very interesting high school that I went to, um, but uh <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the, the hockey world will be paying attention to us for sure. Um, we are showcasing what we believe is the best part of hockey. And I think there'll be people taking notes. Uh, we'll have critics and we'll have fans. Um, that's inevitable. And I'm interested to see, um, who tears and who chirps. Um, it'll be very,
0: very interesting, but 100% they'll be paying attention to us. You brought in Craig Patrick, a, a legacy guy in hockey. His family has over a hundred years and he's going to be the commissioner of your league. Um, what does he bring to the table for you guys?
1: Uh, A lot. So, you know, as in Hollywood, we say he's a great get. You know, we had a list of one uh, for our leading man, if you will. And it was Craig. My dad and I were sitting around talking about who would be perfect for this. And it was just, it was one name that we talked about. Uh, He brings credibility uh, automatically, but he also brings expertise. Uh, The ability to uh, shape our format has been huge. Uh, Helping us recruit players, he's been absolutely massive on that. Um, he's, you know, sourced people like, uh, Steve Latin, the former trainer, uh, the equipment manager for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to be our guy. Dave Jackson is going to be working with us on the officiating side, uh, helping us curate those, uh, those referees. So his connections are incredible. His expertise is incredible. His credibility is incredible. And just having a mind like that, you know, we have a call after this, uh, to talk about how we're going to build out our agenda at, um, uh, at our tryouts as well as what our rundown is going to look like in our television broadcast and having that hockey mind and those hockey eyes on what that needs to look like from a hockey standpoint, not just a television, making a television standpoint. um, That's that's critical. Um, So he's been fantastic and it's been nice working with him. He's a nice man, his experiences, his stories, um, you know, the stuff that he shares with insight in the game and running a locker room and the miracle on ice moment, uh, all that stuff's just fun to talk hockey. So we kind of, we do a lot of that as well.
0: Looking ahead, two years out or three years out, do you see this going global? Do you see that like you'll bring this to like, let's say, Europe up to, you know, Finland, Norway, Sweden? You know, the ice surfaces are larger in those places, but do you see yourself, you know, having a tournament where you have those, those, those countries play and in, and in Europe and then having the United States and North America teams play and then having a big global event? Would you see something
1: 100%. like that down the road? Absolutely. So you read our playbook, Chris. We, uh, we think that three ice North America, what we're working on now, is great. Uh, but three ice Europe is a no-brainer for us. And so picking the, the key markets over there, whether it's, you know, a Gothenburg or a Stockholm or a Helsinki or a Belfast. The Belfast Giants are a great franchise over there. So picking the key markets over there to do that. Potentially having a, a world championship, you know, kind of a, a Champions League, if you will. We also see um, a really interesting opportunity for a kind of a World Cup t- kind of tournament where country versus country, eight teams building your teams that way, doing a May for television event there. We think Three Ice Kids modeled off of the Little League World Series is an absolute no brainer. Uh, we also think potentially an esports tournament uh, would be very, very cool. Uh, potentially, maybe even in something in the women's space uh, that could be very interesting. And so for us as a business, we want to crawl, jog, and then sprint. But three ice
0: Europe is absolutely something that we're we're in our business model, and we think it'll be a great play for us. I'm also thinking women's game too, with all the women's college hockey players out there. The women's game with the Olympics and everything else, because you know, uh, was it, um, you know, uh, what's her name, the former captain right now of uh, not um, of the USA, just who just finished the Olympics? Is it um, Lamoureux? Um, Kendall Coyne, Kendall Coyne Schofield, yes. fastest yes, skater. You know, I mean. She'd be perfect for this league. She's so, she's lightning quick as you talk about. She's that water bug, but I could just see the women's, you know, game getting involved in this as well. Absolutely. More hockey is better. And so we want kind of a rising
1: tide to raise all both That is absolutely something that we're taking a look at. Uh, again, it won't be this year, but it's something that we think could be a great addition to the three ice sort of portfolio. Um, so yeah,
0: there's, we're thinking the same thing. You read our playbook. <laughs> okay. I always end with these two questions. And they're general, but they're very, very specific okay. in the thought process. What's one piece of advice you've been given in your life? Do you still use it today? And who gave it to you?
1: Wow. Um, the one piece of advice as an entrepreneur that I I, I can't remember who gave it to me. Um, it might be my old boss, John Skirmahorn, who... Uh, is now working with us. Now he's one of our, our sales guys and our chief content officer. Um, I'll, I'll rephrase it a little bit um, differently because I think he had some some colorful language in there. But <laughs> you know, muscle through and push through your doubts um, in any process in any project that you're going to start. Um, you know, it's going to be big. There's going to be challenges, but make sure you keep your eye on the target and muscle through your doubts. I think it's so important for for entrepreneurs uh, to think about that because you start out you're super excited you get through the process you have challenges and you have hurdles but there'll be then moments those quiet moments where you're like you know is this too much or is this did i did i guess wrong or my projections you know not where they should be um make sure you sharpen your pencil make sure you do everything but muscle through your doubts that that will inevitably come uh, and know that you've got something that you believe in something that you've got that target and make sure you continue to keep your eye on that and move towards it so um, I'll give you that. That's the PG version of the pep talk that oh, that's, I got. That's so.
0: right. Don't worry, I, I, I can imagine what the <laughs> what the the version was.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. I've been on that side. What does failure in life teach you? What can, everyone can win, right? But and and sometimes when you fail, you learn a lot more. What does what can you take away from a failure?
1: Yeah. Um, is very important. Um, so when you succeed, you celebrate and you pat yourself on the back. You can hurt yourself sometimes doing that. Um, the, the failure, it gives you time to ponder. What did I do that I should have done better differently? Were there some circumstances that I didn't see that, that I should have tried to anticipate failures are an important part of success. You know, I, you know, we all know the story about Ben Franklin. I think he figured out 412 ways to not invent the light bulb or or Edison to not invent the light bulb. And then he finally got it. And those failures were important for arguably the greatest invention in the last 200 years. So you ponder when you fail and you think you get introspective and you get quiet and you try and think through how can you improve? Um, Perfection is not uh, possible, but it is the goal and making sure that you try and get um, more and more close to that. Uh, is is what I think failure does. What can I do better personally? Um, was I excellent in this capacity? Important in this capacity? Were my ideas bad? You know, did I listen? Did I not listen? Failure is the time to ponder and get better. Whereas the positive feedback that you get from winning is great. You have to have it. It's what keeps you going. It's what it's it's what makes us get up in the mornings. Um, but the failure time, as painful as it is, is extremely important to sort of internalize and try and improve on it. If you can, sometimes failure is not your fault. Um, you know, we all know we went through a very challenging time in the last couple of years and people with really great ideas, with really great projects, didn't do anything that they could improve upon and they still got uh, taken out. Uh, and that's bad luck. Um, about 95% of your success is planning, preparation, decision-making, uh, but you need some good luck in there as well. About five to 10% is luck. So um, long-winded answer of saying, ponder and try and get better. Failure is a very, very important process uh, part of uh, the, the success process.
0: Well, I wish you much success with this. I'm very excited for this three-eyes concept. I've been monitoring and watching you on LinkedIn for a long time. I'm okay. putting this together, and I, and I know you've been working very hard at this, and I'm really excited now for you guys that this is going to happen this you know spring and summer. And I, I want to thank you for your time and your insights. It was great to talk to you. And and I wish you all the best with this. I can't wait to watch this on TV. I mean, my wife's looking at me like, why are you going to watch hockey in the summer? I said, you don't understand how cool this is going to be. This is going to be something totally unique and different. So, Chris, I thank you. uh, Those are kind words. I appreciate
1: it. And yes, you know, one fan at a time. Um, And hopefully this helps get us some more fans, but really appreciate those kind words. Thank you.
0: You got it. Take care. That was E.J. Johnson, the founder of the Three Ice Concept, which will be out this summer. So stay tuned for it all over North America. And stay tuned for more great podcasts here on Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach across numerous platforms for podcasts.